You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This show, as in every show from Socks in the Basement, brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions. They're going to help you out. You got water coming to the basement. Uh, you got some seepage. You got some leakage. The gutters are even dirty. They're doing that now. They've added that service as well. You got bowing walls. You got issues with your foundation. All this stuff is related to water. Water kills a home. You want somebody that's going to protect your home. Give them a call 24-7 at 708-330-4466. Mention Socks in the Basement. You get a discount. There's also an additional 10% off through November the 30th for Customer Appreciation Month. Family Waterproofing Solutions. See more at FamilyDry.com. And my friend, I am ticked off at the Atlanta Braves right now for not finishing this thing off on Halloween night so we can get into the offseason because they had the Astros. They had them. They hit a they hit a grand slam in the first inning. I got up and I pumped my fist like it was actually my team. I was like, "Yeah, this thing's gonna be over!" And then they just crapped the bed, and the World Series continues. This is like when back in the day when we were in college and you'd you'd sit around and you'd be playing Mortal Kombat with a bunch of people, Mortal and there'd Kombat. be this guy, and he's gonna take down the guy that's been sitting on the game forever. Yeah, and it, you know nobody's been able to take him. He's finally got him, and you get. Finish him. Right. And then he sits there trying to do a special. Like, just uppercut the dude and let's move on. Yeah, but he keeps trying to do the special and the guy comes out of it. You know what, Braves? If it gets to the point where it's finish him, sweep the leg. Once you got the 4-0 lead, why is the lefty out there that's got like 400 minor league innings and like three starts in the majors? Like, why was he out there allowed to give up two runs right away back? You, you, you were using him as an opener, basically, right? You got a little bit too cute. Yeah. At that point, with a if somebody told you that you would be up three games to one at home, and if you lose this game, you got to go back to Houston where God knows what they're doing over there to try to help themselves. Like, I don't trust that organization. I, I'm expecting several years from now for us all to find out that Dusty Baker had some sort of transmission device inside of his mask because he's afraid of COVID in the first inning, but in the second and third inning, he doesn't have the mask on. Then he puts the mask back on. He, he has it on and off, whether he's standing around people or not standing around people. Like what, what is the mask actually being used for? Because he's not using it because he's afraid of COVID. So like, I'm already like the conspiracy theorist in me is like, why does Dusty fear COVID outdoors around his players in certain instances. And in other instances, he has his mask off and he's hugging people. Like, what is in the mask? Because I don't trust the Astros at all. But back to this, like, you have a chance to finish this off in front of your home crowd. You've got a four-run lead. Take that minor leaguer off the mound and fire everything at the Astros. Just step on their necks and break them. And instead, you send that kid out there, he gives up two more runs. It took like two innings, and the Astros are back in that game, and it's tied. And now you're on your heels, and you end up losing the game. Right. Like, if I were an Astros podcast right now, I'm sorry, if I were a Braves podcast right now. Well, if we were an Astros podcast right now, we'd be picking up transmissions from Dusty Baker's mask and accidentally putting them over the internet. <laughs> I mean, I'd be yelling about these these issues. Like, I'd be like, wait, hold on a second. You got a magical start to this game. 
You're coming off all the momentum of your hometown hero, Dansby Swanson, who I, I didn't even realize till the interview grew up 10 minutes away from the ballpark and is a diehard Braves fan. I had no idea, but that's awesome. Yeah. He's the guy who ties up game four and you have all this momentum, all this excitement. The place is live. You get a first inning grand slam and then you trot that minor league opener out because you just want to press your luck. You hit a whammy. And now you got to go back to Houston and you could get beat two of them in Houston very easily here and blow this whole thing. Oh, it, yeah. And, it, and it's one of those where you look at, OK, they lost Charlie Morton to that broken leg. And that was, you know, that's one of those situations. You can't help that. There's nothing you can do if, if you're the Braves. And I know he changes the way they use their pitchers if he's healthy. But but still, once you got the four-run lead, get somebody else in there. They are listening to the chirps. They got blowback for taking Ian Anderson out. He had that the five innings of no-hit baseball, and they took him out. They didn't let him keep going. And so then they're sitting there going, well, wait, if this guy's being successful, we should ride him. We should trust our guys. And then it blows up on him because they stopped managing the game. They wanted to manage it, and they started managing it the way they think the fans wanted to see it happen. The guy that you should have trusted was Anderson. This other guy, right? who the hell is he? He's your seventh best prospect in your minor league system, according to publications, and he barely pitched for you all year long. You got a four-run lead, for crying out loud. Everybody gets trotted out at that point. Everybody comes out for that. And if you end up losing, you got 48 hours to figure out what you're going to do next. You got guys who are going to rest up. Everybody comes out with a four-run lead and a chance to win the World Series. I don't care if it's a first inning, sixth inning, whatever. The moment that Grand Slam was hit, the bullpen's got to be up and going and everybody's up and it's just like a rallying cry of everybody plays today. We don't let up on these guys because this is the Houston Astros. This is a team that's in the World Series more often than not every year over the last half decade. Like they're actually a powerhouse team. They're, they're a really special team. They're like the late 90s Yankees. They're like the Braves in the 90s, even though it took them right. forever to win a World Series. Like, that's what they are. And you have them at this moment. You're the underdog. You're the road team in the World Series. You've had so much luck shine upon you. This is your moment. And you could have started my offseason. And you didn't. And I have to sit around and wait more days now. And the stinking, cheating Astros might actually win the World Series. Like, you're killing me, Atlanta. And all of this could have been avoided if Tony LaRusa doesn't pinch hit for Adam Engel <laughs> in game two of the ALDS. No, they probably still lose at five, but they would have won yeah, game you, two. You, you they would have won game they two. They would have won game two. They would have won game two. They would have won game three. They would have been up two games, uh, two games to one in that series. But I, 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 I've said that before. I don't blame that one game, that one bad job of managing, no. that one terrible decision is not the reason that we did not advance. But for for the Braves, man, I mean, come on. Like, I guess, I mean, I don't know if you're watching it. Like, I like, and I'm saying this to the listeners. I know you're watching it, but I mean, like, yeah. when your team gets eliminated from the postseason, there's a little bit of like, ah, I hate baseball, right? Like, I've even gone through it. I've kind of had to force my way into being like, well, you know, Socks in the Basement's got a lot of listeners and they depend on us to do a show. But man, do I hate baseball right now? Like, when we got eliminated, it was just like, just absolutely crushed. You know, I, I walked around the days for three days. I just didn't really feel like doing it. I'm sure there are people that are like, I'm just not ready to talk White Sox. I get it. And it might even be hard to sit around and watch the World Series right now. I mean, it happens, you know? I mean, the, 
the other, the flip side of it is, what are you going to throw yourself into right now? You feel icky watching the Blackhawks and the Bears suck. So you're going to get back to baseball very quickly, I think, if you're a White Sox fan. I guess there's the, there's the Bulls. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's let's really quick remind everybody before we get into some baseball stuff here and some White Sox stuff. Let's remind everybody very quickly about our $1,000 guest bounty. Uh, this is being put together by Elite Benefits of America. Butch Zemar takes care of your small, your mid-sized business. It's open enrollment time, which means your business is looking at getting your employees all lined up with their health insurance for next year. If you're going through this process right now and you're like, wow, this is terrible. Every year I end up spending more money. Every year it costs my employees more money and I want to do this differently. Uh, get Butch involved. He actually will go find you insurance agencies that work just as well as the big name ones, but don't charge as much. He'll come up with combinations of different insurance types to bring in, to give your employees option. He'll lower the cost for you, lower the cost for employees, makes you the employer of choice, saves you a lot of money as a business. And he's an independent broker. This is what he does for a living. Instead of trying to figure it out on your own, why don't you go with an expert? Check him out at EliteBenefits.net. Give him a call, of course, 708-535-3006. Now, remember with the $1,000 guest bounty, the winner's getting $1,000. It's that simple. It's a guest that you bring onto the show. You got a connection. You know a guy. You're like, hey, I can get this person on. I used to babysit Mark Burley when he was a kid. I keep using that because there's a, there's a woman in my neighborhood who keeps insisting to me, Ed, insisting yeah. to me that her and Mark Burley are like that. Like they're like, you know, they, they, you know, you can't see it on the podcast, but I've just crossed my fingers together. Like they're that close. Like she's been saying it for years and now she can win a thousand dollars if she can actually like prove it right? because she's been saying it to me for years. She's talking the talk, but now a thousand dollars if she can walk the walk. Right. You get lots of friends that walk around and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we're close family friends with Frank Thomas. Are you prove it? Cause I got a thousand dollars says you're not. And if you are, you can win a grand because in the end, the best guests will put it all up in a poll. It'll be selected by the listeners out there and it's going to run all off season. And if you're able to pull the guest and it could be a baseball guest, it could be somebody, you know, give me Alec Baldwin, as long as he doesn't bring any prop guns to the bar. Okay. You could bring him here and he could, he could jump on the microphone. I don't care. I don't care if it's a sports person, a non-sports person, whatever. If you've got somebody that you're like, I've never heard this person on socks in the basement. And I think they would have a good time sitting down with Chris and Ed, get him on the show. Win yourself a G. That's how it works. Get more details. They just have to be alive, really, right? We just we just can't trust a seance. So no shoeless Joe Jackson. No, no. Seances don't count. Now, if they could materialize in front of me, like some sort of science fiction movie. And actually speak, um, yeah, and, and prove, right, and actually speak prove the afterlife exists, well, then, then we got something. How about this? I'll make a deal. If you can get me Abe Lincoln, $2,000. You're yeah, automatically. Yeah, I'll, I'll chip okay? in for that. I'll chip in. Automatic winner. <laughs> I think Butch would chip over that. Well, frankly. <laughs> I think we'd have other sponsors jumping on board for the Abraham Lincoln exclusive on Socks in the Basement. Like, that would be something other sponsors would jump on board for. Right, right. More details at SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes. 
in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Okay, let's look at the off-season schedule because I don't think a lot's going to happen in the next month. No, I, I, I tend to agree yeah, with you. Yeah, I mean, look, at some point the World Series is going to end and hopefully it's not Dusty Baker celebrating with his cheating team. And I, I, I honestly, right. like, you might be rooting for the Astros. I don't know. But me, personally, Braves. But it doesn't make you feel better when you lose to the eventual winner as a fan. Here's the thing. I'm just taking a lot of pleasure in this, this narrative that you can't talk junk about the Astros because if you do, it just gives them superpowers and they'll beat you. I've heard an awful lot of cheater chants uh, over the broadcast with Atlanta, and Atlanta's been doing well. In fact, I've actually seen them chant cheater, and still the batter at the plate, whether it be Carlos Correa or Alex Bregman, actually has a negative result at the plate. So I'm I'm loving seeing that narrative that, well, you can't talk junk about them because all of a sudden it's like spinach and Popeye, and they become like super players when you when you chant at them. You can't point out that they cheated or you'll just make them better. I'm loving watching that narrative get disproven, and I don't want uh, any doubt to that. So that's why I kind of I want them to lose. They they were obnoxious. Yeah, I felt oh yeah. like we we were justified in our obnoxiousness as fans uh, calling them names because they were cheaters who got away with it, and they're being obnoxious, acting like somehow they're the better people. Like the Astros and their fan base rubbed me in such a terrible way. The vindictive, angry Southsider in me wants to see them suffer. Yeah, I generally agree with you on that one. I think it always depends on which team you're talking about because there have been times, like last year, for example, if the A's had gone on to win the World Series, I'd been like, yeah, fair play to the A's, good job. You know, I like that Liam Hendricks guy. I hope he comes here in the offseason. But with the Astros, yeah, I think there's certain teams that the Astros are definitely now one of them that you, under no circumstances, do you take solace in them beating you and then going on to win it because you know, you just know that they are just awful. <laughs> you, do, you, yeah, awful. you just, you just don't, yeah. you can't like them. They are the enemy. Yeah, no, you so. can't. They are the enemy and then you shouldn't like them in any way. All right. So on, no, on December the 1st at 1159 PM Eastern time, the CBA expires. We talked about this on the last show and go back and listen to it anytime on demand. We, we kind of broke down some things that had to do with the CBA and why, why I don't think that it's going to be as bad as some people are saying it's going to be. I really, really don't. And as I mentioned on that show, I've done major negotiations as being the head of the labor side against the management. And I've sat there and gone through negotiations and I've experienced it. And so I think I might be able to lend just a little bit of insight as we go through this CBA thing. But I don't think, even if they do a lockout, I don't think it's going to be long. But if there is going to be one, it's going to happen right then at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on December the 1st. 
Earlier in the day, though, is the deadline for non-tenders for arbitration. So the arbitration tender non-tender decisions will be made right there before a potential lockout. The only other things really going on leading up to that is you got to figure out your options if you're picking up one or if you're not. And you got to decide if you're going to protect somebody on your 40-man roster for the Rule 5 draft by November the 19th. Otherwise, I don't think you're going to see any big free agent signings. I, 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 you might not see any. You, you might see like a minor little guy move, like, like depth pieces move around, but you're not going to see anything that's important, that's impactful on your team before they know, is there a salary floor? Is there, a, you know, what's the new luxury tax threshold? I mean, is if it lowers down a little bit because the players get something they want, and so the owners are able to lower that a little bit, it could change how money's spent in the offseason for every team. If there's a if there's a payroll floor, well, teams that are spending forty million dollars a year on their on their payrolls are going to all of a sudden have to go out and get guys. And now you might have some free agents that sit there and say, "Well, I I thought I was worth this, but now I might actually be worth more because there's more people in the game for me. You know, I might actually get a little bit more coin out of this thing." So there's a lot of things moving around. The thing I think is going to happen, and you you tell me what you you think. What I'm looking for from the White Sox over the next month is. That trade where they move Kimbrell in his $16 million for a second baseman or a right fielder. I think that's something that can be pulled off before the whole CBA deadline, before they make new rules, before all those changes could happen. Because when you're trading a guy with salary and picking up salary, and it might be close to the same amount of money, then I could see the White Sox making a move like that. In fact, that would be what I would be concentrating on because of all the things I don't know about in the future when it comes to free agency. Yeah, and and at the Mismatched Sox blog, I'm, I'm going to go into further detail about why I think trading Kimbrell might be a little bit more problematic than that. But if you are talking about things that they can get done, yes, trying to make the trades to get a right fielder or to get a second baseman, especially because there's not a lot of awe-inspiring names out there on the free agent market. Those are the things that you can get done. So to the extent that Kimbrell is your biggest trade chip right now, the guy that you've sort of identified as, as you are going somewhere, I think so that you can, you can get a deal done, but it's going to depend largely on whether or not there's a team out there that's also ready to pull the trigger and has somebody that they are sitting there, that their fan podcast is sitting there going their, their version of Chris and Ed. And if let's say it's in San Diego where it's Christian and Edgar, Christian and Edgar, really? That's what that's what you're going with. That's those are the San Diego versions of uh, us. Yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, All right. I, I think that seems right. But uh, no, their version of Chris and Ed are, are sitting there going, you know what? We really got to move Will Myers. Uh, you know, or we really got to move. You know, that's the kind of thing. And then the Sox have to determine for themselves whether or not, like, that's the guy that they want to have solve the right field problems. So I, there's there's a lot as I'm looking at some of these teams that might want. Craig Kimbrell as a closer, they may have some moving parts that they have to make a decision on as well. So it could be more for the White Sox. I think that you have a team that, like with the Sox and Kimbrell, they're looking to unload a player that would fit that bill, that would fit that right field or that second base or a fifth starter or or a bullpen piece that would replace Kimbrell as another setup guy. Those types of things... I think you could see the Sox maybe making a move there if they have the opportunity and if they are able to meet the right price. The problem is, is that as we're sitting here waiting for the World Series to end, we also have to wait for those non, you know, for for some of those guys to uh, have their options declined or, or for guys to opt out. 
we have to wait and see, you know, how some of these teams shape up with that going into that deadline. But you know, th- that's the that's the waiting game that we're playing now. But if you're if you're the White Sox, that's about all you can do because if you are going to go out and sign Nick Castellanos and and you're going to make him your right fielder and you're going to throw a ton of money at that man because that's what he's going to garner out on the free agent market. One, he may not want to jump at your offer because, like you said, if there is something on the other side of the CBA that means that the Pittsburgh Pirates have got to throw a whole bunch of money at somebody, Castellanos might be a guy, and I don't know him, so I don't know if he's into winning World Series or if he's just into making a bunch of money, but Castellanos might be a guy that sits there and goes, I am going to let the Pittsburgh Pirates pay me this forced money that is going to be this huge deal that other teams that have a payroll that are trying to win games that have already invested money in other positions can't pay me. And, you know, the Pirates for their money might just sit there and go, all right, we'll just put a bunch of money into this guy and let him and Reynolds slug in the middle of our lineup, and that's what will bring fans into the seats, we hope. You know, something like that. So it's going to be a tough offseason for fans. It's going to be a lot of waiting around. Well, no, I think it's also going to be an interesting offseason. I mean, this is the time where you sit down at a bar and you debate with strangers. Like this, this is when you sit down. You oh, go, it's always fun, right? You know what? I'd like to go spend money on, you know what? You know what I think is going to happen with the CBA? I mean, like this is like prime time for that. You could do that at two different locations that we love cork and carry Beverly at 10614 Southwestern Avenue or the Southside tradition. that is cork and carry at the park at 33rd in Princeton. That menu over there is incredible. The menu doesn't go away because the White Sox season is over. Uh, they got great stuff going on over there. If you get a chance to go down and and try the menu, the award-winning burgers at Cork and Carry at the park, do so. Uh, you will not be disappointed. That's a great spot to stop in, especially for uh, for lunchtime. And then at Cork and Carry Beverly, they, remember, they've got all kinds of different rooms there. You can rent out. You can have parties. But that, that big... Irish bar, that traditional bar, like that is a great spot to have a baseball debate. Yes. Like you're just kind of sitting there. You got all the taps with all the different beers up there, the craft beers, the favorites. I've been drinking a lot of Guinness lately. They make a great Guinness pour there. Like they're like professionals. They've been doing it forever. And, you know, they put the little shamrock in the foam. Like at the top. Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. the girl actually will, yeah. will draw a shamrock on the top of the thing. I mean, you can't get that everywhere. And, and you'll sit down and you debate a little bit of White Sox baseball and like, who are they going to go get? And I think one of the names that would pop up, Ed, while we were debating at Cork and Carey in Beverly at 10614 Southwestern, remember you can check out both locations at corkandcarry.com. I think the name Michael Conforto would pop up. He seems to pop up a lot, doesn't he? And, and I've been trying to figure this out. Now, look, my original response to him, and he's going to be a free agent. My original response to him is the right field solution was no. And it wasn't so much because of his batting. We have a deficiency when it comes to defense on this team. I think yes. the ALDS showed us that. He's not an upgrade defensively in the in the outfield. He's not. In fact, if you want to go defense, you just put Adam Angle out there in right field. He, I think he's better than Michael Conforto. But when I look at his hitting, he's coming off of a terrible year. So maybe that's why people are falling in love with him. They're like, oh, we can afford him. I think that's what cheap. it is. Yeah. Right, because, I mean, in his 28-year-old year, which was... 2021 he had his lowest average that he had had since his breakout 24 season in 2017 when he went to the all-star game when he hit 279 with a 939 OPS and an OPS plus of 148 and in 2020 in a short sample size he hit 322 with a 927 OPS and a 154 OPS plus that's great and in between those two years his OPS plus sat in about the mid-120s. So he's a guy who was very productive. 
The problem is last year, this season had just ended. An OPS plus of 101 makes him average, straight up league average at the plate with a 232 batting average. And he can't do that and bring the average to below average defense in right field that he would bring. And that's why I feel like people are looking at like, he had a bad year. I bet you he rebounds when he's 29 years old here in 2022. I bet you he rebounds and he goes back to what we saw in his prime. And it was just, that was just a weird year for him. Right. And he's going to come back and he's going to do great for us. And we can get him on the cheap because his team doesn't have a lot of money and they're, they're buying into that concept. Like there's no more money to spend. And this is our only option. And that's why they've zeroed in on him. And I just feel like once again, we're going to be the team that goes out and gets Adam Eaton. Right? Like, he, I think he's this year's Adam Eaton. There'll be better right fielders out there, but we'll convince ourselves, like, well, if this happens and if this happens and if this happens and the team couldn't spend as much to go get the guy he really wanted to get, it'll all work out. And that has not worked out over the last couple of years for this team trying to plug right field. I'm going to throw you another name and you're going to laugh. Will it be a mocking laugh or like a hearty laugh? It'll be a hearty laugh. Okay. Uh, as I'm, as I'm, uh, Working on the on the blog here, and it'll be up. Uh, it'll be up as you're listening to this show on the day it comes out. It'll be up tomorrow. But as I am working on this, and I'm thinking about the fact that they decided to sign Adam Eaton last year when Eddie Rosario was right there, or Kyle right. Schwarber was right there, they right. made a choice to choose a defensive all-around outfielder over a guy who is just going to provide the hitting that you're looking for. Michael Conforto is more along the lines of Eddie Rosario in that regard, right? Lousy outfielder could be a really good hitter. The guy that plays good outfield that is still shown to be a decent hitter that is on the free agent market that plays right field is Avi Garcia. (laughs) You're right. You're right. That's a solid laugh right there, man. That was a solid solid laugh. laugh. That was a legit laugh. If you look at his defensive metrics, he's the one of the better right fielders out there, at least in terms of the guys that are available on the free agent market. And, you know, his hitting when he's been, a, you know, the past couple of years as a Tampa Bay Ray and as a Milwaukee Brewer, he's been a good hitter. He's been not great, not stellar, but he's been a solid all-around player. And he's in his, you know, age 30, 31 season. So that's probably more the type of guy that the Sox are going for. I'm not saying that they're going out and getting Avi Garcia. I'm not saying they should go out and get Avi Garcia. I'm just saying that if you're looking at the type of guy that I think the Sox are trying to get for their right fielder, they're trying to get a guy that's more along the lines of what Garcia brings to the table, which is not going to hurt you with the bat, but also definitely not going to hurt you in the field because I don't think they can afford to have Aloy Jimenez in right field and left field. And that's why Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn are not penciled in as your starters right away or why we can't really talk about them as the starters because both of them were defensively deficient in right field. And frankly, if you want to go with a left-handed hitter who's defensively not great in right field, just throw Gavin Sheets out there. You know you're keeping him on the team next year. Right. Now, now just a comparison for these guys looking at stats, and there's a million stats. You can pull a stat to prove any point. Uh, sure. Uh, we try to we try to stick to the same stats. You know, we talk about whip walks and hits per innings pitch when we're talking about a pitcher's effectiveness, and we'll talk about their fielding independent pitching when we're trying to figure out whether or not their ERA and their other stats make sense. We lean on those very heavily here at Sox in the basement. Okay, when we're looking at batters, we look at their OPS and their OPS plus. 
Uh, we like to look at average from time to time and on base percentage, but the, the OPS and the OPS plus have been things that we've leaned on heavily when we sit around and we evaluate and take a quick look at hitters. Defensively, we like to look at defensive runs saved. Okay. The, the idea of how many runs is this person worth over the course of a season while they're out there fielding their position over the last three years, the last uh, uh, three seasons, Conforto in right field, a negative four. So he cost your team four runs. He was a zero in 2020, a negative four in 2021, a zero in, uh, in 2020. He was actually a negative four in center field in 2019 and a positive three in right field. So when I say average to slightly below average, he has over the last three years, negative one in right field and negative four when he's not in right field. Okay. So average to slightly below average. When we look at Avisail Garcia, and let's just real quick compare him to Conforto's year, better at the plate by 30 points in the average, 262, had an 820 OPS, and his OPS plus was 117 instead of 101. So right there, better hitter. So you might have laughed just like I laughed, but Avi Garcia then, in his defensive run save, 2021, in right field, he saved eight runs. He was worth eight defensive runs saved. And in 2020 in right field, he was just one because he spent most of his games in center where he was a negative. In fact, when they tried to plug him in in center field in Milwaukee, it was a disaster. When they put him in right field, he was worth runs saved. So I laughed heartily when you said Avi Garcia, but if he's available this offseason and I had to pick between him and Conforto and I'm going to take a 31-year-old Avi Garcia or I'm going to take a 29-year-old Michael Conforto, I might lean towards Avi Garcia because the time to win is now. Go go sign him for a couple of years and stick him out in right field. I'd love to have him back. Bring him back. Be, I, I'd be okay with that. I I didn't even think about him until you said his name. And now you know, I've wrapped my head around it while we're sitting here at the bar and I said, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. And I got a hearty laugh out of how quickly you turned around. <laughs> well, yeah, I, what did I look at? Does he, does he save runs? Yes. Does Conforto? No. Not really. So right away, he helps your defensive problem. And he gets on base more, he has a better average, and he has more extra base hits. He's a better producer coming off of last year than what Conforto was. So, I mean, like, it sounds silly. It does. <laughs> I mean, I know that somebody somebody will turn around and say, well, you know, look at last year, he was an OPS plus of 78. I've already said this on this show. I'm discounting 2020 at this point. I'm going to look at your 2019 and your 2021 because 2020 made some guys look better than they were and 2020 made some guys look worse than they were. Okay. But he had a 112 OPS plus in 2019 and a 117. So then it also becomes, do you think Conforto is going to come back to being like a 125 OPS plus, which would make him slightly better at the plate than Garcia. And even if he does, even if he is slightly better by less than 10 points in his OPS plus, is that worth the difference in defense? And I would still come back and say Garcia is better than Conforto. Yeah, and, and this is where, as we're sitting here debating our friends at Cork and Carry at the Park or Cork and Carry in Beverly, sitting at the bar, having a perfectly poured Guinness, and talking, talking to these people about all these guys that are out there that let me go get this Conforto guy over here. No, you have to think about the totality of what could, what what the Sox need. They need a guy who can play right field. They need a guy who can actually play the field out there because you have defensive liabilities and left already sitting there. And Paul pitching team. 
that's what the White Sox do. They don't get ground ball outs, really. They are a fly ball and strikeout team, so you need outfield defense. Going back to joking about game two, what was the, you know, the the, the crushing blow was Larry Garcia getting turned around, right, where Adam Engel would have had that, that ball. And Avi Garcia might have had that ball. Michael Conforto might not have. You know, it, you don't know, obviously, until you see them do it, but based on stats you know, average or above average at the bat because the lineup can sustain that more than the lineup can sustain a guy who's going to let balls fall in front of him. And I'm looking at the Garcia thing. It's really interesting. He hit a mutual option with the Brewers with a week and a half left to go. And that's the only reason why he could be a guy that's available because he can become a free agent. He can opt now to say, I don't want the $12 million. And I think... He should know that there's a place out there where he can make at least that, if not more. And and so, like, I would think he's going to do it. He could become available. He's not an officially available free agent, but if he became available and you're sitting in the bar and you're having a Guinness or whatever you decide you want to drink. I mean, I'm also a bourbon drinker. Maybe having a bourbon on the rocks. And you're sitting there and you're having this debate with a White Sox fan and they bring up. Michael Conforto or another right fielder that they've seen in the postseason that might be available. Like, let's go get that guy. Keep that Avi Garcia card in your back pocket and press your friends, okay? Make the girl behind the bar smile a little bit when she's amazed by your baseball knowledge. And you got it right here at Socks in the Basement. 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 Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.